This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. Fewer nursing home residents are needing to return to hospital after discharge under a program that involves regular specialist follow-up. The intervention, called Regular Early Assessment Post-Discharge, or REAP, was developed by a team from the Department of Aged Care at St George Hospital, Calvary Healthcare and UNSW Centre for Healthy Brain Aging. Study lead Dr Nicholas Quadato joins me now. Nicholas, the project is tackling the issue of rehospitalization, and you said some cases are potentially avoidable. So setting aside the fact that many older Australians are frail coming into residential aged care and with multiple comorbidities, why are we seeing people heading back to hospital after discharge? What factors are at play? Um, well, there are numerous factors that contribute to this problem. Uh, the fact that people, these people are frail uh, means that they are more susceptible to acute illness and to adverse outcomes related to their illness. Um, their vulnerability is actually heightened by their frequent inability to articulate their symptoms or their wishes. And this means that treatment can often be delayed and medical issues aren't prevented from evolving into something more serious. Conversely, hospital admissions often occur for conditions which really um, don't respond to treatment very well. And the decision to send patients into hospital sometimes goes against the wishes of the patient and their family. Failure to appreciate these kinds of issues can lead to multiple representations to hospital, and this can occur within a short space of time. So many of these treatments can often be given um, with equivalent effectiveness within nursing homes, and this can therefore potentially um, avoid transfer to hospital. And hospital transfers can often be distressing and disorientating for patients. But implementation of these effective treatments in nursing homes, however, requires adequate levels of clinical input into nursing homes. And these treatments actually also need to be given in a timely manner. Um, most, most medical input into nursing homes is provided by GPs, but GPs are finding it increasingly challenging to provide this input regularly into nursing home patients' care. Um, also, nursing home residents have relatively little access to specialist geriatrician or nurse practitioner input within their nursing homes. All these factors combine to hinder effective communication between different clinicians and they leave little time to focus on important management tools such as medication reviews or formulation of advanced care directives. The research team said follow-through care of residents after hospital discharge is generally neglected. So what does good follow-through care involve? So for most people that live in the community after their discharge from hospital, outpatient follow-up is offered to them um, by their treating hospital clinicians. This usually happens in a hospital outpatient clinic or in the specialist private rooms. And this serves various functions. Firstly, it can often identify problems early before they evolve into bigger issues. It can also allow focus on chronic ailments. Um, It allows medication review and it also allows for formulation of long-term management plans, including advanced care directives. By comparison, um, there's very little that's on offer for nursing home residents. Hospital outpatient clinics um, really aren't made for 
nursing home patients, it's really difficult to access, um, not just the rooms, but also in terms of um, transportation. And also, it's, um, it's a lot more feasible for patients to be reviewed by specialists within nursing homes, but in general, this doesn't happen. With all of those issues in mind, the team developed the regular early assessment post-discharge intervention. It would be great if you could walk me through the the key elements of REAP. So REAP is actually quite simple, and it really does emphasise this post-discharge care. Through the intervention, nursing home patients receive monthly coordinated specialist geriatrician and nurse practitioner assessments within the patient's nursing home for six months following hospital discharge. Patients continue to receive usual care from their general practitioner and nursing home staff throughout the course of the intervention. Indeed, when we were formulating REAP, we recognised the central role of the general practitioner, and so the general practitioner retains ultimate medical decision-making responsibility for their patient. Um, REAP also encourages direct communication between all different parties, um, not just the REAP clinicians, but also um, between them and general practitioners and the nursing home staff. It's left to the discretion of the geriatrician or the nurse practitioner to arrange appropriate investigations and treatments as they deem necessary, but this is usually in concert with um, the treating general practitioner and the nursing home staff. Recommendations can include things like alteration of medication prescription, changes to nursing management and formulation of advanced care directives. By incorporating nurse practitioner input, more invasive investigations are also potentially available in nursing homes, including intravenous cannulation for intravenous fluids and antibiotics. You looked into the effectiveness of the REAP intervention and found it was associated with almost two-thirds fewer hospital readmissions and half as many emergency department visits uh, compared with controls. What do you put its success down to? Really, it's quite simple. Um, REAP firstly provides more clinical care. It also provides care that's appropriate to the patient's needs and the care is provided at an appropriate time with a focus on the period immediately following acute hospitalizations when patients are more likely to be re-hospitalized. And so what's next for the project? Would you like to see the, the REAP intervention rolled out across all aged care facilities in Australia? Well, that would be wonderful. Um, Our recent study shows that REAP is cost-effective with total costs around 50% lower in patients receiving REAP compared with matched controls. Therefore, from a financial perspective, there is clear justification for REAP to be broadly implemented. However, um, we're also realistic. Pragmatically, from um, a manpower point of view, it's difficult to find sufficient numbers of appropriately trained specialist staff Um, in many health services. REAP is relatively labour-intensive. It requires six specialist geriatrician and nurse practitioner nursing home reviews over a six-month period. We're now looking at ways to facilitate the broader adoption of this model of care um, with uh, manpower constraints particularly in mind. We're looking at streamlining these processes by focusing on aspects of the REAP intervention 
intervention which appeared to be most effective in our analyses. We're now planning to undertake a follow-up randomized controlled study examining the effectiveness of this streamlined approach. If this proves beneficial, then we plan to use our findings as a platform to advocate for implementation of REAP as standard clinical practice across all health districts. What went into getting all stakeholders on board with the intervention and who would be the drivers of of the partnership should REAP spread more widely? So it actually involves numerous stakeholders. We were lucky enough to get the support of um, a number of different groups. So the nursing home patients themselves were um, enthusiastic or their families if the patients weren't able to advocate for themselves. Also, almost all of the nursing homes within the St George district came on board. Um, The local general practitioners were quite interested and they were also supportive um, of the study. We had all of our department um, at St George Hospital, the aged care department, um, on board with specialist geriatricians as well as nursing staff. The South Sydney and Illawarra Health Service and the Dementia Centre for Research Collaboration at the University of New South Wales also were um, very supportive and they provided personnel and infrastructure support. And then we were also able to access funding through the St George and Sutherland Medical Research Foundation um, through an establishment grant. And it was actually very encouraging. All these groups were very supportive and really didn't require a lot of it didn't require a lot of effort to have them come on board but looking into the future i think it's actually essential that all of the um different groups continue to be involved and i don't think any one particular group will um, be driving it i think obviously the residential aged care facilities and the hospital the hospitals have to be central to this but we need a partnership approach with um, the nursing home residents and their families as well as general practitioners also being um, intricately involved. Um, each stakeholder has their own unique contribution and the success of this intervention really hinges on all of the um, individual stakeholders um, coming on board and driving it into the future. That was Dr Nicholas Cordato on the regular early assessment post-discharge intervention.